0: Pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun
1: Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 151. Today I'm going to chat with Mark Rodetsky from Sportsman's Guide, discuss a new study blaming increased violence on coronavirus gun sales, highlight a new M4 barrel designed by the U.S. Army, and talk about a deceased cat who received a voter registration application. I'm your host, Ava Flanell, and Mark, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great, Ava. Thanks for having me.
1: Of course, absolutely. Before we get into it, I'm going to talk about Manticore Arms real quick. If you use your favorite Trilug suppressor or muzzle device on the Scorpion Evo, you should try out the Manticore Arms Trilug adapter. The adapter has 18-millimeter threads, and the price is only $49.95, you can find that at com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15, and that gets you 15% off.
0: Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry.
1: Most of the listeners of Gunfunny know what Sportsman's Guide is, but... For those who don't, can you just kind of elaborate what it is?
0: Sure, we're an online retailer that you know trades in the outdoor recreation categories. We do about a third of our business in what we call the shooting P and L, so that's guns, ammo, shooting accessories, optics, things like that. And then the other third is really catering to the the hunter, the outdoor enthusiast. That's you know camping, uh, ATV, trucking, tool, that kind of thing. Uh, We like to think that we're the largest reseller or retailer of tree stands in the country. So, you know, you get a sense we're probably like a mini version of Cabela's with a stronger bias towards shooting.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's definitely anything related to outdoors. You guys pretty much supply something. You even have water sports stuff, gardening Things that you typically wouldn't even think that falls within the category of guns, hunting, stuff like that. What makes you think that you guys are the largest retailer of the tree stands?
0: All of the market indicators that we can identify suggest that expansion of that market for us, we've exhausted most of the opportunity. It's just, I mean, we we sell a boatload of tree stands.
1: Hmm. That's pretty cool. So what is your position there at Sportsman's Guide?
0: So I'm vice president of marketing and e-commerce.
1: I remember, I don't think I met you face-to-face, but I remember meeting a large, well, not a large because you guys aren't really that large as far as your employees go. You guys are fairly small, even though you have a very large presence online. But to my understanding, there's not that many people behind the scenes.
0: Well... We used to be a lot bigger. And that is, I you know, that that was before my day. I've been there about two and a half years. Current size, like my department, which would be everything running the website and marketing, including catalog and creative team. I probably have 45 people under me. And then merchandising would be the next probably largest business department. And they're probably 25 something like that where the real numbers are is in you know customer service and in the distribution centers yeah right now we have well up until last week we had 39 uh, customer service agents that were handling you know inbound service calls and, and emails and so forth we just brought on a new class of 13 more and come q4 when it's every retailer's sort of heyday we'll probably double that.
1: Wow, that's insane. So, I actually had no idea that you guys were that large. For some reason I was thinking or I thought that I overheard that you guys were much smaller than than what most people would assume, but that's actually a very large company considering.
0: It sounds like a lot of people and it is, but you know, it's it's interesting. The creative department, I say I had, you know, 40 45 people. The creative department is probably the biggest part of that because our merchants are constantly buying new product, and so that new product comes in. It has to have imagery shot, it has to have copy written, it has to have you know all the description stuff loaded mm-hmm. into our product information management system, the PIM, and so I end up having you know I've got seven copywriters. I got you know a bunch of designers laying out catalog pages or doing lifestyle shots and things. So, you know, it takes a lot of people to run a business that is constantly updating its assortment of merchandise.
1: Yeah, definitely. And even taking the pictures and stuff, that's a lot of work that people don't realize. They're just like, oh, well, how difficult is it to take a picture? But to eliminate all the shadows and really get a detailed picture, I've realized within the last couple of years, it's not as easy as it sounds. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's interesting because we have, we outsource some of the still shots. Uh, so we use a company called quad that will do the still shots in the studio. And then I've got a team of like really two professional photographers. And then two guys, one guy's a video guy and a fourth guy then uh, does a lot of the grunt work. And these guys, like when we were in the office, they'd be walking by my office every day with all sorts of gear. Cause they're going out on location to set up shots outside. And I was talking to my creative director yesterday and he said, and our lead photographer, his name is Paul. He's the most dedicated guy I have ever been around. He said, you know, it's going to rain all day today. So Paul's going out with a bunch of rain gear and it's going to be really nice tomorrow. So he's taking, you know, X, Y, and Z person over to an Island on the St. Croix river. They're going to do some camping scenes down by the water's edge. And it's like, Paul is the most sort of self-motivated, yeah, eager photographer. And I get, so back up just a second. Sportsman's Guide is owned by Northern Tool and Equipment. Many people don't know that. I didn't know that. My counterpart at Northern Tool, i talk talked to him once a week and almost invariably during the conversation, you know, he'll be on our website and he's like, God, you guys have the best photography. And it's mm-hmm. really a testament to how hard these guys work and you know how dedicated they are they're self-directed if we if we had to outsource that stuff we'd never get it as good
1: yeah yeah that's definitely dedication especially going out in the rain and taking pictures and stuff but it makes sense especially if you're trying to push rain gear and such i'm going to backtrack just for a second so what brought you to sportsman's guide
0: you know i mean it's, it's like the perfect job for me i've been in marketing and e-commerce or I cut my teeth in 1995, so you guys can do the math on that. But I'm an outdoor enthusiast mm-hmm. as a you know, sort of personal trait. I'm a shooter as a personal trait. I mean, I, this is a sign of the times, I think. But when I was seven years old, it was my seventh birthday. The tradition in my family was we'd always go out to dinner. And I was getting two presents that year. And I was like, can I open one before dinner and the other one after? And my dad's like, nope, can't do that. I said, why? He says, because one will give away the other. I said, oh, okay. And one was this heavy box, and these, this other one was kind of a big box. When I got back from dinner, I opened up an h 20-gauge single shot and a box of 20-gauge shells. Nice. And I've been, you know, an avid – well, shoot, I was – Shooting BB guns before that, out in the fields, you know, hunting geese and, and deer. But um yeah, I've been an avid hunter and sure all my life.
1: That's crazy. So 20 gauge at the age of seven. Yeah. Yeah, still that's, have it. That's pretty impressive.
0: Yep. Had to cut the stock down. And uh I mean, I still have that gun. That gun's still in my safe.
1: Huh. That's pretty cool. Did you mm-hmm. work in any other parts of the industry before Sportsman's Guide? No, not
0: really prior to Sportsman's Guide I ran customer marketing I was VP of customer marketing at a at a company called Blue Stem which owned a brand called Fingerhut and I also led e-commerce there prior to the customer marketing stuff and we did have a sizable sporting goods business but the business was not it was not in this this category it was really a general merchandise
1: market mm-hmm. yeah I'm going to go back to something that you said. So you guys just recently brought on more people. And do you think is that due to the increase of sales of everything? Because right now the firearms industry is just blowing up. You can sell really anything gun related at this point.
0: Yeah. So there are a few reasons. So we are a hundred percent distributed workforce right now, Mm -hmm. with the exception of the people that are in the distribution center receiving uh, merchandise in and then shipping it out to our customers, right? We otherwise don't have people in the building because they're our lifeblood, right? We're treating them like gold. We don't want any any uh, risk for them getting sick. So we're all distributed and that includes our customer service agents. And when we first put our agents in in their homes, they were only able to respond to email. So about a month ago, we got a telephony solution put in place. So now they're fielding phone calls as well. So one of the reasons we're bringing on, you know, more agents is to practice, right? How do you train people remotely? That's something we hadn't done before. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to do a lot more of that when we get closer to, you know, fourth quarter. The other thing is, you know, you're right. Businesses, I've never seen anything like this. It's, I'm astonished at how strong business is right now.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: you know, you're talking about the gun industry. It's across everything. This month, the, the my smallest growth rate in the 12 departments that we have defined is up 39% year over year. And that's in home and cabin. Wow. Everything else is up significantly more than that. So again, about bringing more people on, because we had a time when it was just email, people were you know, a lot of order status inquiries because of the dynamics in, you know, the gun and ammunition categories. There's a lot of back order. I mean, product is really hard to get. Mm -hmm. Manufacturers didn't see this coming. You know, when we talked to people at SHOT Show, they were planning, you know, three to 5% increases in production this year. And that was based on it being an election year Yeah, because there's always, you know, some some level of run up in an election year. Well, nobody plans for the demand that's going on right now. So everybody's having trouble getting their hands on stuff, and so we have a lot of items that are on back order, and that creates a lot of you know customer service inquiries. So we need we need bodies to be able to provide reasonable response times to customers' inquiries.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. From my understanding, so you guys don't keep the product in stock, you. Are basically the middleman. You place the order with the actual distributors and then they ship it directly to the customer.
0: No, that's, I mean, in some instances we do that, you know, some manufacturers require that you buy for Mm -hmm. a distributor. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the most part, you know, we warehouse, we have about a 400,000 square foot warehouse and there's, you know, I don't want to give, give away, much but there's in excess of 30 million dollars of inventory in there at any given time and that probably doubles around holiday mm-hmm. so we you know at any given time we'll have three or four million dollars worth of guns in our in our cage and you know that's we, we get audited by the atf four times a year and we we bring in most of the ammo is is brought in um, it's just right now, the, the the availability of it is, it's scarce.
1: Yeah. Well, I think also because with COVID and pretty much the entire country being shut down, even if it is US-made, people weren't able to manufacture these guns. So not only are we, you know, everything's kind of in demand right now, but nobody was really able to produce anything in the last two months.
0: Right. and And the way you guys probably know this, but the way that gun manufacturers work in most cases is that, you know, you get an allotment, right? So Glock, for example, they give us an allotment of, you know, the various models. And then the next month we get another allotment. And usually what we're willing to commit to you know, it's based on historical sales data. We should be in, in an in-stock position at the beginning of the month and be near an out-of-stock position at the end of the month. So then our next allotment kind of keeps us in line. Well, we'll get an allotment and it'll be gone in three, four, five days. So the demand is just so strong that the allotments we were planning for the you know 2020 fiscal year were nowhere near what we needed.
1: hmm yeah, completely understandable. I'm going to take a quick break real quick and talk about SB Tactical. Seems like every time I go on SB's website, I find another brace I haven't seen before. Just notice that they have the SBTI brace for the B&T APC and the HKUMP. It's a skeletonized version of the SBT pistol stabilizing brace with a built-in side folding mechanism and the complete brace and side folder is available in black FDE and it's only $99.99. You can get that at sb-tactical.com. Don't forget to use the code gunfunny15 and that gets you 15% off. You guys have your own product line, which I want to talk about. First off, when did you guys start with your own product line?
0: So it was before my time, I would say probably around 2013. It's when Northern Tool bought us and private label or, you know, private brand mm-hmm. is a strategy that has worked well for them. And so they sort of imparted their will on us to, to go down that same path. And we, we actually now have five private brands at varying stages of maturity our most developed is called guide gear. We probably have, you know, that's hard lines and soft lines. So you're anywhere from tree stands to, to boots and apparel and, and, you know, ATV racks and things like that probably have about 900 products with guide gear. And then after that, we have HQ issue, which is a little more of a tactical brand. We have Boulderton, which is sort of a, our highest end. If you think good, better, best, it would be best. Mm-hmm. And then we have a small brand called Castle Creek, which you say outdoor planning stuff, like galvanized planters and things for the backyard. That's what that would be. I feel Like I'm missing something. Well, I guess that's it for.
1: I had no idea that you guys had that many. I was only familiar with guide gear. And I remember, I think I was actually looking at some boots or something. And it was guide gear and somebody was saying that that was your guys' brand, but that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. It's not uncommon for, you know, a retailer to go down the private label, private label path. Mm -hmm. And it's funny when I, when I was interviewing the chief merchant uh, was sitting across the table from me and he said, what do you think the best known brand or the perhaps highest sales brand, whatever in the outdoor industry is? And you know, I thought to myself, yeah, you know, I'm not really a merchant. Let me think. Let me think. I said, i of Columbia, and he said, No, it's Cabela's. So, you know, you think about it. You walk around, you see a lot of people wearing Cabela's, yeah. you know, sweatshirts. You see their jackets and boots, and it is a, you know, it's a, it's a proven approach. And the reason companies like us do it is because you can offer product that's you know, very similar to nationally well-known brands, but at a lower price and frankly with better margin. Mm-hmm. So Because uh, you're cutting out middlemen. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. absolutely. No, it makes perfect sense. I kind of want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the supply of military surplus items that you guys have. Because from my understanding, you guys are the largest online retailer of military surplus.
0: Yeah, surplus is definitely a strength of ours. And it's a really interesting business. We have a guy who he literally, this year is going to be an anomaly, obviously, but every year he spends at least two months on the road in Europe. And he goes, you know, he'll be in Turkey, he'll be in Italy, he'll be in Germany. He's all over the place. And he's going to these old warehouses and picking through the stuff and you know un- trying to understand hey what what do we think is going is going to sell what do we think is you know in good enough shape that we want to bring it in and so we're buying surplus 6 months in advance he'll he'll buy something today and it'll float across the Atlantic Ocean and arrive 6 months later and now we've recently gotten into a relationship where the folks who own the government contract for the US military mm-hmm they basically, it's like, I don't know if it's GovPlanet now, it it once was if it's not now, but it's basically, it's an auction site, right? And it was last SHOT show, I believe, there's a show that is a couple days before SHOT called the ANME, Army, Navy, Military Exchange Show. And it's small, and it's filled with a bunch of, you know, little guys. But our our buyer John goes out there for that. And the guy who owned the, the company that has the US government contract said, Hey, I've got I've got something I want to show you. You got time to drive out to Carlsbad, California. He said, Yeah, sure. So he goes out to a warehouse and you know it's all it's it's a massive amount of US surplus. And he says, I, I want to get, I want to, you know, take you off the auction approach and I want to deal direct. So that opened up some really interesting opportunities because the US has a bunch of product in places where the auction model is sort of preventative because they've got warehouses in Hawaii, okay, and they've got warehouses in Alaska. And for you know a little guy to go in and bid on a pallet of say ammo cans, and then pay the shipping to get them from Hawaii to the mainland. Mm-hmm. It just makes the cost model very prohibitive. But for us, you know, I mean, literally we went and bought 85,000 ammo cans from a base in Hawaii and had them shipped over in containers. We bought, you know what Mickey boots are? No. So they're like U S military winter boots that for people that do stuff like ice fish or you know, work outside in the winter, like they are unbelievable. And they, like it costs the US government like $400 to make these things. And we have the only source of supply Mickey boots on the planet because we got access to, it's actually funny, these, these were in Hawaii because the Hawaiian base is the staging area for deployments into Asia. And parts of Asia are very
1: cold. Yeah,
0: up in the mountains. So, the the beauty of like the the Alaskan stuff and the Hawaiian stuff, they're all climate controlled because of the extreme environments in which these bases exist. Right, mm-hmm. Alaska gets very cold. Hawaii gets very hot and humid. So they need to be temperature controlled. So all the product in there is really really well in preserved, good condition. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The surplus stuff is a fun. It's a it's a fun part of the business.
1: Yeah. I just find it so fascinating just looking at all these products and wondering where it's been and if these products could talk and just all the stories behind it. But it's cool because you find some really interesting things that you typically don't see elsewhere.
0: Yeah, the stuff coming out of Europe is really pretty interesting because it is Cold War era. It's It could be older. It's stuff like bayonets. It's stuff like... They're like Geiger counters and and gas masks and hazmat suits and just all sorts of random stuff. Yeah. I mean, the, John, the buyer, has a, in his office a field dental chair. And it's just like one of these unique things that it's like, oh my God, it looks like a torture device from the uh-huh. you know, Middle Ages. But yeah, you, you see some interesting stuff.
1: Do you guys ever find stuff that's just extremely rare and collectible? Probably,
0: but I doubt he buys it you know, you kind of want mass appeal. Yeah. Or broader appeal. Some, you know, there are some things like, and I, you know, I'm not going to pretend to be a connoisseur of collectibles, but he brought in some Swiss bikes that were from world war two and they were in really, really nice condition. And those things were like two grand. So, you know, it would take, you're buying that because of the, the novelty and nostalgia, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. When you guys do import from Europe and stuff, what are some of the challenges that you go through for importation?
0: Well, I'm not sure I'm an expert on that, but you do have to have a transfer agent. We, have, we bring stuff in through a... Basically, some of the warehouses over there are owned by a company that has a transfer agent presence here. <laughs> so we run stuff through that process. But all I know is when when stuff shows up, the receiving of that product by the warehouse staff is like a circus because you know, you'll buy stuff and sometimes they ship stuff that isn't what what you said you wanted or it's a mixed bag where yeah, about 60-70% of it is what you said, but you mixed in other stuff that that isn't what you said. So mm-hmm. sorting it all out and and so forth is uh, I mean here's a good example this is actually really funny we we sell these great big drums and they're food grade material because they're used to ship let's say that there was a you know forward deployment base in in kuwait and we had to feed you know the u.s had to feed you know hundreds if not thousands of soldiers well they ship things like pickles or olives or you know whatever in these massive, like 55 or 60 gallon, I think they're 58 gallon drums. And so we have two warehouses. One warehouse is the the big stuff, like the ship alone things, like these barrels would, would fall under that tree stands would fall under that. So we take delivery of, I don't know, 500 of these barrels. And the description is pickle barrels. Well, the pickles were still in them. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess they were disposing of the pickles you can't even make this up disposing of the pickles and cleaning out the pickle barrels and the one guy looks at the other and he says god this reminds me of the olive barrels last year (laughs) (laughs) i'm like you can't tell me this happened twice right
1: wow yeah
0: so like people use that stuff for underground storage you know um just general storage, there. that type of stuff, it has a remarkable appeal to a, a big part of our customer base.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. You guys have a free shipping option for Buyers Club members, which is anything over $49, they get free shipping. Yep. How do you keep shipping costs down, especially with ammo? And because obviously, anything that's heavy is not going to be cheap to ship. So how do you guys kind of figure that out?
0: well so we lose money on shipping and for for the folks in your audience who sit in a chair like mine i find this very interesting and so i'll go into a little bit of detail you tell me if it's too much but we tested that concept for a long time for like 9 months mm-hmm. we didn't broadly communicate it we had you know i don't know 25,000 customers that we offered that to mm-hmm. and we looked at the performance of offering free shipping on on all orders over forty nine bucks, and over the course of like nine months, we saw that the increase in frequency of purchase and the decrease in discount usage actually, well, we lost about a dollar or a buck or two per customer over the course of that time. So what we did is we thought, okay, well. We can well we can offset that by changing the cost of the club itself, because we think that you know the value exchange of offering customers free shipping for a slight increase in the fee to join the club would be a fair trade. And so we went from thirty nine dollars a year to forty nine dollars a year for the for the cost of the club, and we began to broadly offer free shipping on orders of forty nine dollars or more, including ammunition. And it has been, I would call it a uh quite a success.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Well, I know that even when I'm going shopping, it's okay, got to add an extra $10 to get that free shipping. Cause either you pay for the shipping, which is probably going to be about $10, or you might as well just get something that will actually ship you and and pay that $10. So I'm one of those people that always puts more stuff in my car so that I can get free shipping. Yeah. Do you guys have any future plans that you can share with us?
0: So, kind of in the same way we rolled out free shipping starting as a test and then, you know, moved it to a universal offer, we literally just last week launched a new test that I would expect the broader customer base will will begin to see probably by around holiday. We launched a promotional offer that we were calling Club Bucks. And Club Bucks is basically a ripoff of Coles Cash, if you're familiar mm-hmm. with
1: that. Yeah.
0: It's a you know, spend and earn. So we last Wednesday, we launched a one-week earning period and we had four different test cells. So we had a group of people for every 25 you spend, earn five bucks. And we had for every 50 you spend, earn five bucks. And then for 50 you spend, earn 10 bucks. And then for every 75 you spend, earn 10 bucks. So the people that received those, those offers, about, well, let's take 100% of my customers, mm-hmm. 15%. We, we split them up, 15% groups across those four test cells. And then I've got a 40% control group that I'm reading the results on. So on July 22nd through the 28th will be the redeeming period where they'll be able to spend their club bucks. And they can spend them on anything. Um, the earning, you can't earn them on ammo or guns because the margins are just so thin, mm-hmm. but the the spending you can spend them on anything. And so we'll see it's, you know, it took us about nine months to build it from scratch. So it was, it was a pretty sizable undertaking. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's really, it's designed to, to generate response and it's for better or worse, we don't necessarily need to generate more response right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the business is is running so hot, but it'll be interesting to learn. And I think it's just another, you know, it's, it doesn't cost a club member anything. It's just another way to hopefully provide them an ever improving value proposition.
1: Yeah, definitely. I like that concept. Although I will say that anytime I've gotten Kohl's cash, I totally forget to spend it. And I'm like, well, wow, <laughs> that's great. And it well, always me- seems like you remember the day that it expired.
0: Well, we will remind you by email when the redemption period starts, and we'll remind you again that it's about to end. And the the way we've designed it is, you don't have to try and figure out how to apply it to your order. We just automatically apply it.
1: Nice, I like that. For listeners who want to buy stuff on Sportsman's Guide, where can they find you guys on the interwebs?
0: Sportsmansguide.com.
1: Easy day. All right, awesome. Well, moving forward. IWI, the Tavor X95, it's the next generation bullpup based on the Tavor SAR, popular gas piston bullpup. It's available in 5.56, 300 blackout, and even 9mm for left-hand shooters. There's also a left-hand version. And of course, you can obviously add any of the Manticore Arms accessories to it, which is great because IWI and Manicor Arms just kind of go hand in hand with each other. Also, don't forget to check out IWI's web store for caliber conversion kits and other accessories. Any of those accessories, you get 15% off when you use the code GUNFUNNY15, and that is at IWI.US. Politics.
0: What is going on in the world today?
1: It's political AF. UC Davis researchers blame coronavirus gun purchases for excessive violence. Researchers at UC Davis, they're blaming excessive firearm purchases over the last few months for a significant increase in gun violence. That comes out to 2.1 million firearms were sold just from March to April. There's not been a single report of lawfully purchased guns from this period being used illegally. And the data used in the studies is from the Gun Violence Archive which is a shadowy web scraping operation that refuses to share its source data. Where they're getting this information, it's extremely skewed. They've been proven in the past to use inaccurate and misleading data, including cases where non firearm related injuries are included. Data from this period shows a much different picture of cases for increased violence. It's kind of stupid, actually. Even just, oh, okay, well, they're buying more guns and that's why there's been an increase in violence. How about more like people are probably losing their minds because they're at home with family members. I've heard that there was a huge increase in domestic violence charges. I'm sure people are super stressed out. There's a lot of unknowns going on, but I don't think that it's these 2.1 million new gun owners that are doing this. I think that it's typically the criminals that already have those guns illegally.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would hold any research coming out of California University regarding firearms as suspect. I know. There's conceptually, I get that there are a bunch of new gun owners out there. And I also get that they're probably not well-trained or trained at all.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So it's easy for, you know, the lay person to make a leap from here to there. But, you know, it really is. You look at the streets around this country right now and, you know, there are antagonists and you know, professional protesters that are stoking the fire. I mean out here in Minneapolis, we watched our third precinct burn and you know the government, the state government and the local government let it happen for four or five days straight before they did anything.
1: I know. It's ridiculous. (laughs) But I think also in addition to that, because, you know, it's kind of funny because with all the new gun owners, so I think within the last couple of months, they're saying now that there was 8.2 million guns sold and majority of those are new gun owners. So that could potentially be that many more gun owners that are going to be in favor of supporting the Second Amendment and against gun laws, one can hope. And so I kind of think that a lot of these anti-gun groups, they're just kind of, you know, getting desperate and it's an attempt to smear law-abiding citizens. Yeah, I mean, I have my, my own
0: personal experience is that my wife is not really a gun person, but she has a group of friends that, you know, looked around and said, hey, we'd like to get educated. We'd like to, you know, get comfortable. We would like to pursue our carry permits. And, you know, they're going about it in, these are all women, which I'm, I'm a big fan of getting you know mm-hmm. women into shooting sports. They're going about it in a very responsible and methodical way. And, you know, I applaud them for that. And I, you know, I hope that there's a lot more of that going on than the fear, uncertainty, and doubt people mm-hmm. just going out there and grabbing whatever they can.
1: I agree. Yeah. And that's why I've been now teaching about five classes a week because training has increased. I'm probably sold out now for the next two months. There are, thankfully, a lot of people that are seeking training, and I've seen a huge increase in women, which is amazing. I love seeing that. All right, moving forward, sharps bros. I would think that your gun would look even more incredibly paired with a wooden grip and M-Lock panels from sharps bros. You can find a set of the grips and panels made from Brazilian cherry wood at Sharps Bros for $120.20. If you haven't checked them out, there's pictures on their Instagram. They're beautiful, really well made. Highly recommend it. Adding wood to any gun build nowadays is kind of the latest thing to do. And you can find those at sharpsbros.com. And now it's time for a q and
0: and a There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours.
1: As always, guys, if you have any questions for me, do not hesitate to reach out. Just go to gunfunny.com, fill out the contact form, and submit your question, and I don't even say your name. Today's question is Ava. My parents are both getting up in years, and my mom has had problems with Glocks because her grip strength is not what it used to be, so she often has feet issues from limp wristing. I don't want to get her a revolver because they're either very heavy or very light and snappy as well as limited capacity and slow to reload. Any recommendations for something better than a revolver that she could shoot reliably? And I have the perfect gun for this, which is the new, well fairly new, Smith & Wesson MMP Shield, either the 380 or the 9. And I would say she has a hard time with recoil. I would probably say the 380 just because you want to have more control over it and I think Shooting accurately is way more important than the bigger round, but some people are just like, nope, it has to be at least a 9 millimeter. Well, they started making the 9 millimeter easy addition, and so they have that mm-hmm. as well, but I think that it's a great shooter. I've had a lot of people rent that gun at the range, and they've had similar issues, arthritis, or even maybe they've had injuries to their hands and stuff, and they just don't work as well, and everyone seems to really love that gun.
0: Are you, you're talking about the easy version? Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, uh, my email marketing manager, a gal named Teresa just bought that. She got it probably six weeks ago. She loves it.
1: Yeah. It's great. And I also just did a review on my YouTube with the new performance center easy in the nine millimeter. They've already had the 380 edition out for a little bit, but they just came out with the performance center a few weeks ago and I got the gold version. So if you guys want to check that out, just go to youtube.com forward slash AVA, a b a f l a n e l l Polymer 80, the PF320PTEX, don't even ask me how they come up with these names, grip module is in stock right now in cobalt, gray, FDE, and black. The module is compatible with the SIG components for the p 320 which I think in my opinion the P320 now is kind of like the new Glock. They're making lots of aftermarket parts for it. And what's great is you can switch this out and kind of have that P80 frame which has more of a 1911 grip angle which a lot of people prefer, it has a beaver tail improved grip texture, undercut trigger handguard. You can get this right now for just $60. Just head on over to palmer80.com, use the code gunfunny and that gets you 15% off.
0: Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now.
1: U.S. Army develops new fluted barrel for M4 carbine. In spite of talk about retiring the M4s as the U.S. military's main service rifle, there is still a lot of development going on to improve its performance. Thomas Grego, hopefully I'm pronouncing that, and Adam Foltz from Picatinny Arsenal have developed a new barrel designed to reduce the risk of barrel failure and ammunition cookoff from the extreme heat of sustained automatic fire and combat. In order to accomplish this, the barrel needs to dissipate heat faster. As a result, they designed a barrel that has deep spiraling flutes in three sections along its length to increase surface area for faster heat dissipation. The spacing, the thickness, and the tapered off height of the fluting were all optimized through testing. The Army claims the design allowing firing at temperatures as high as 909.5 degrees provides a higher cook off limit, prevents barrel droop, increases the barrel life, and allows an increased sustained rate of fire.
0: Nobody likes barrel droop.
1: Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Nobody likes droop, period. <laughs> I always wonder, because, you know, when you're shooting your gun, especially if it's suppressed and you're just shooting it nonstop, the entire gun seems to get super hot. And obviously that's going to wear on the barrel. Imagine having to go to war or something and you're using that. It's definitely going to get hot pretty quickly.
0: I'm not saying I have any experience whatsoever with something called the lightning link. But if I did, I would probably predict that the entire firearm would be warm to the touch.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Army has also been granted two patents on the design and have stated that they are willing to license it for commercial applications. So we might be seeing that here in the future. I'm kind of curious to see how it holds up and how it does. But again, I'm sure that whatever kind of testing I would do is nowhere near the testing that the military does. Now, Trigger Brew which is actually what I'm drinking right now. So before the show, I actually just recorded a show, Basic American Podcast, with my co-host Ben from Skillset Magazine. And then I had about, I don't know, 20 minutes to make myself a cup of coffee and then record this show. So Trigger Brew is definitely keeping me on my feet. It's amazing coffee, definitely has some funny names. Gourmet shit seems to be my favorite. I love it. For coffee connoisseurs, it's a South American blend that tastes very smooth with a good aroma. It's also a light roast. So if you don't know coffee, the lighter the roast, the more caffeine. So obviously, who doesn't want more caffeine? And you can check that out at triggerbrew.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY and you will get 20% off your order.
0: Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- never mind. AF
1: deceased cat received voter registration application. Ron Timms, the owner of Cody Timms, who was his cat who died 12 years ago, received a voter registration application. And there's been a huge push, but if they're trying to register cats, I'm not sure who else they're trying to register, said the owner, Carol Timms, of the deceased cat. The Secretary of State's office said that the application did not come from its office and that third-party groups often use mailing lists to get names and addresses. Third-party groups all over the country are targeting Georgia to help register qualified individuals. The Secretary of State's office said in a statement, this makes you wonder what these out-of-town activists are really doing. Make no mistake about it, this office is dedicated to investigating all types of fraud. But it does kind of make you wonder, right? Where imagine, I don't know. And yeah. then the owner, and this is where I was, okay, dumb. But the owner of the cat said, if you're wondering how Cody, the cat, would have voted if it could go to the polls, his owner said it was a demo cat. So I'm kind of glad that cat wasn't able to vote. <laughs> yeah. He, demo I cat. If my dog,
0: I wonder if my dog's on the list. Soon.
1: <laughs> it probably is. I'm sure that my dog tickles is on the list. Yeah, it's just so ridiculous. It's always crazy right before election, just how desperate people get. And eh, I don't know. It does make you wonder how many votes are real. And I get it. You would have to, if you were to show up to the polls, you'd have to have a driver's license or some sort of state ID. But yeah, and you know, no, I don't know if
0: it's always been this way or not, but it does seem like it gets magnified every election. It just gets worse and worse. I mean, I can remember back to the hanging chads in the Bush election. And it's just like it has just magnified with each election cycle. And you know, it's just going to be a disaster this fall.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm also kind of wondering with COVID and stuff going on, because even just local votes here a few weeks ago, all of the ballots had to be mailed in. So we couldn't vote in person. And I'm almost wondering if they're going to try to pull something like that come this no. election, because, you know, in fall, then that's when typically flu season spikes and everyone's probably going to be, like, oh, you know, that person has COVID, even though it's probably just the flu. Not saying that COVID doesn't exist. I think it does. But I think that they're labeling everything COVID nowadays. But I'm sure that it's just a matter of time before they try to pull another stay at home order and they ask people to mail in ballots.
0: Yeah. And it's it's funny on the on the mail-in stuff, you have, you know, one side of the aisle or one side of the the argument that, you know, Hey, this should be just fine. Everybody does it and even President Trump does it. Yeah, no, that's an absentee ballot. Mm-hmm. Very different than a mail-in ballot. Yeah. There's a validation process for absentee voting. There is no such thing for mail-in voting. Two very different things that the media is not good at explaining.
1: Yeah. I know. What a freaking what a mess. Times like this, 2020 has just been the ultimate shit show.
0: <laughs> Man, Truer words were never spoken.
1: I know. I don't think that there's a person on this earth that would disagree with me. It's definitely been one of those crazy. I think the only thing good about it is just all the funny memes that have come out of it. And That's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> uh, anyways, Triarch System. You guys, if you're working on building a, a Glock, putting together a Palmer 80, check out the parts that they have. They have some really nice precision barrels. They also have really cool looking slides with premium features including RMR cuts, forward serrations, high-end custom finishes like black camo nitride, copper PVD, and a bunch of others. And you can check that out at trierxsystems.com. Don't forget to use the code AVA AVA for 5% off. Now it's time for iTunes review. So guys, if you haven't left a review, please do so. It just, it helps out the show a lot and you have a chance of winning an awesome prize pack. First review, Poetry on Cracker five stars. Don't worry. It's a podcast. The host always has great questions to ask, relevant and entertaining, always interviewing the interesting guests or guests. Second is 22 hipster, five stars, VP garbage man. Dwayne Liptek is truly inspiring with everything he has accomplished. Excellent interview on a humble and highly successful person who do so much to support the second amendment. Oh, and tickles barking at the stars sounds hilarious AF. All right, Mark. So out of those two, I want you to pick a winner.
0: I've got to go poetry on a cracker.
1: And why is that? You're like, I don't I'm know. For a second, da-da-da, I flipped a coin. That's why.
0: <laughs> compelling that I don't have to worry. It's
1: just. <laughs> and There you go. All right. Now it's time to wrap up. So guys, find me at gunfunny.com. There's links to everything. Social media, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. If you want to support the show, you enjoy it consider becoming a Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash gunfunny. Deadline is also giving away a $300 gift certificate to a lucky Patreon each month. I also want to thank the $25 patrons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Elliot and Mike Pappas, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide. Hey, look at there. Daniel Treadwell and Star Wars 77. King of the patron is still Jon Snow. He wants me to say operator tickles only has two speeds walk and kill. That's deep. All right, Mark. I want to thank you once again for spending your afternoon with me. Keep up the great work. I'm so glad that the firearms industry is thriving right now. And not only that, but I guess the outdoor industry as well. So really glad to see you guys doing so well. Remind listeners once again where they can find Sportsman's Guide on the interwebs as well as social media.
0: Sure. So, first off, thanks for having me, Ava. It's been fun. Absolutely. Uh, I enjoy your show. You can find us at sportsman'sguide.com. And we've got a Facebook page. You know, about half a million folks there, and, and we're pretty active out there. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter to a lesser extent. But, you know, we really like to hear from from our customers and our fans. And we've got interesting people like you that will come in and out of our feeds. And so check us out. And one last thing I would offer, for those of you out there that are fans of the Warrior Poet Society, we did work with John to help build that War Poet firearm. That's being produced by Shadow Systems and we're the only place you can get it. So if you're interested in that, come check it out. And I will tell you, almost every one of them that we've sold has been on back order because the demand is so strong, but we should have about 1800 more coming in between now and the end of the year. So we will fill your order.
1: Awesome, yeah. yeah. I saw that gun and it looks awesome. And John's just such it, a good guy.
0: It's pretty cool, it was about a year in the making.
1: Wow, Yep. very cool. All right, well on that note, we are out of here guys. Talk to you next week.
0: Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.